in a lot of ways, I was just like sleepwalking through life. Wake up, go to class, go to work, have the same conversations over and over again, totally not engaged in anything, go to sleep, wake up, do the same thing over again. And when I started to assess like, am I showing up in life the way that I'm showing up on this yoga mat? Then it's like, well, if I try on the yoga mat, where else can I try? You're listening to the Almost 30 Podcast, a lifestyle podcast hosted by Krista Williams and Lindsay Simsek. Tune in for a new episode every Tuesday to hear our honest conversations about topics like wellness, entrepreneurship, spirituality, and self-development with guests who are really smart, really inspirational, and really fucking funny. (laughs) It's real, it's raw, and it's unfiltered. Inspired by our transition from our 20s to our 30s, we realize it's so much more than that. Our mission is to provide you with the tools, guidance, and motivation to help you navigate any transitions in your life and propel your personal growth. Thanks so much for tuning in to the Almost 30 Podcast. Here we go. Hello. 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 Welcome to Almost 30. Welcome to the Almost 30 podcast, y'all. I thought you were going to say, yum. Yummy. <laughs> we are a delicious bite of fun. <laughs> Let's just use food puns. Yeah. She's salty. I'm sweet. <laughs> we're like Sour Patch Kids. <laughs> we actually, me and Justin call each other Sour Patch Kids. Really? Why? Because we're salty and then we're sweet. Wait, are Sour Patch Kids salty? Oh, no, sour. No, we say sour. We say sour. Oh, okay. So yeah, sour, then sour, sweet. Sour, then sweet. Because we'll like fight and then we'll like love. Oh, I love that. Mm-hmm. That should be a theme at your wedding. It is. Okay. He goes the other day, he goes, our relationship is built on combat. Because oh. <laughs> we like wrestle. That's what a dude would say, you know? We literally like wrestle all day. He's like, what's the theme of our relationship? Combat. Literally. <laughs> WWE. <laughs> <laughs> That's cute. What's up? Uh, what's up, everybody? Um, thanks for joining us. Mm-hmm. If you're new to the podcast, welcome. welcome. We're so glad you found us. If you haven't already, subscribe on iTunes uh, and leave a review if you're so feeling it. Yeah, so feeling it. If you're it. feeling like you like us. <laughs> Only if you like us. Only if you like us. <laughs> also, join the Facebook group. Yeah. Facebook group are such peanut heads. Oh, my. Do I mean, some of the posts like, Give me pause. Actually, all of them give me pause. And especially in the last few weeks. Yes. I don't know what it is. Same. I agree. I also think that the holiday time is like a really... Yeah. Like emotional in a good way and not so good way time. Mm-hmm. Do you know? So mm-hmm. people are feeling very vulnerable and it's been really, really nice. So join us in there. Just search Secret Almost 30 Podcast Group. Yeah. People have been just being so extra supportive, so sweet, mm-hmm. so kind. Like, And it's not like over... It's not like inauthentic. It's completely authentic. Mm-hmm. Like I can't even get over it. I'm, yeah. I'm loving it. We're really lucky. So join the secret Facebook group right now. And visit us on Patreon, patreon.com slash almost 30. We've got videos coming. Videos and bonus episodes, especially our uh, throwback episodes, which mm-hmm. no one has ever heard before. We're going to be releasing that. I haven't Patreon. even heard. Yeah, <laughs> literally. Same. Yeah. Um, we, I don't even want to hear. We gave a little taste um, in our most recent solo episode. So check that out. How was your day? 
Great. We had a great lunch. Yeah, we had a great lunch. This is how me and Lindsay lunch. We have lunch with someone. We get them talking so we can eat. This <laughs> literally, so we crazy. asked I was like, like four, fourteen billion questions the as poor, we were stuffing our faces. Stuffing our faces. The person we were eating with ate had sushi. Ate two pieces of the sushi roll. Two took out of the ten. rest home. Two out of ten. Took the rest home. I've never done that before. Me and Lindsay had eaten um, entire pizza, piece of pizza. Uh, the sides, and then um, I was a, literally had to leave to go home and eat three bars. <laughs> Did you? I, I finished one them. in the car. I finished them all. Oh, that's how I am. For you. I know. Get them out of here. Literally, get them out of here. Yeah. I was like, let's just do this. <laughs> I literally came home and they I was like, good. let's just fucking get this over with, and <laughs> ate three Kalumi bars. Mm-hmm. Kalumi, they're collagen beauty bars. They're they're really they're good. They're bomb. They're really good. They're bomb and they feel <clears> good. <throat> you don't feel like nasty yeah. after. Yeah, it was really, really- Love them. I love them. So check out Kalumi bars. Uh-huh. Yukon syrup is what they're made with. Yukon syrup, sweet potato, collagen. Um, they use the marine collagen. Oh, yes. Mer- yes. Which is really digestible and- Soaky. What she call it? The phase one of- coll- No, level one. Level one. There's collagen. Anyway, yeah. it's the best kind. Yeah, it's the best kind. But this, Krista and I have meetings at Erwan for a reason. Mm-hmm. And it's to eat. And so we it's can to eat. spend $30 on our own lunches. Mine was 26 today and I was pretty Mine proud. Was 31. I got a soup, whatever. The soups are so expensive. Mm-hmm. We should be able to make those on our own. I can. Yeah. I totally can. I know. And I don't. I know. It's all right. What you gonna do? What you gonna do? It was a good lunch, though. So. It was a great lunch. All right, so today's episode. I'm pumped. We're jazzed. Um, we have on Jessamine Stanley. Beyond jazz. Have you heard about Jessamine Stanley? She f- is actually my idol. Okay, I know that a lot of times I reference people based on their Instagram posts, but that's not everything. But her Instagram posts inspire the fucking shit out of me. She is so honest. She is so real. She is like so woke. Like I can't, like it makes, it inspires me to actually voice my opinion Mm -hmm. more and not give a fuck about it and be strongly rooted in my views. I love it. Yeah. Like she's the best. Her writing is beautiful. Her writing. Beautiful. It's not just like talk, talk, talk for the sake of talking. Mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. it, it will, you will pause. Yep. Um, but Jessamine, one, she has a new book out. Um, the book is Everybody Yoga, Let Go of Fear, Get on the Mat, Love Your Body. Mm-hmm. So she is a yoga teacher and we talk about her why she got into yoga, how she got into yoga. And actually the first time she fucking hated it mm-hmm. and was talking to us about that and where she was in her life. Mm-hmm. Really interesting story. Um, so she's an author. Mm-hmm. She is a yoga teacher. She is someone that has a great presence on Instagram. She is a um, body positive spokesmodel, spokesperson. You know, mm-hmm. I don't know if she would necessarily like call herself that, but she definitely, you know, is an inspiration for a lot of women to more proudly accept themselves for who they are. And that's what definitely what she's done for, for me. Yeah. She um, describes her yoga practice. She admits, she's like, I don't have a perfect yoga practice. It's not about that for me. It's not even about the health benefits necessarily, although she's felt them and seen them. But she says that she is a 
addicted to exceeding her personal expectations. Like that's what yoga is for her every time mm-hmm. she steps on the mat. Yeah, this girl's real as fuck. She's rad. It was just like- so we talk about um, her yoga journey, how that has impacted her. We talk about social media and the impact that it's had on her, her self-esteem, her self-worth, her self-confidence. We talk about, um, or we ask her how she gets her confidence and her body positivity. Like, where does that come from? We talk about her experience writing a book and the inspiration for this book and why she's doing it. And then another thing that we also talked about that was really interesting was how she deals with haters and criticism. Mm. So she's full-figured, as she says, or she's, you know... Um, curvy and amazing and beautiful. And so we talked a lot about the feedback that she gets and sort of how she handles that on a day-to-day basis because we have 350,000 followers on Instagram. You know, we wish that it could be a super positive place, but there are people there that surely take their time to be negative. Um, and she is based, and we didn't know this actually. I think I made it in my head that she was in she New York. She was in New York, but she's based in Durham, North Carolina. Mm-hmm. So we talk a lot about that. Mm-hmm. Creating community mm-hmm. in Durham. So finding yourself and creating and cultivating a community in a city that's not a big city and why she thinks it's really important to live in the smaller towns or the smaller places or places like Durham where you can really cultivate a unique perspective and really stand your truth in a place that really needs it. Mm-hmm. All right, guys. So we hope you love this episode. Let us know what you think. So Lindsay and I lived in New York for a while. And um, <laughs> like the subway, it's just so different. Like the subway is so crazy, but then you're not really doing anything. So yeah. you could chill. And you can yeah. be productive on like emails, yeah. whatever. And do yeah. your thing. And like here, it's like, you have to be active when you're, you have to obviously be like paying attention, paying attention. when you're driving yeah. as much as I wouldn't like to be. But it's, so it's like so much more draining. Well, and that's the thing is that it's, it's more draining and it's also more emotionally draining because you're oh, like having to, as you're driving, like you're trying to manage whatever the fuck happened before you were driving, whatever, whatever you're going to do, stressing about the time, trying not to get hurt or to mm-hmm. hurt anyone else. Mm-hmm. Like, Literally. And, and it's like, I mean, I find riding the subway to be so just... I also hate that because like you are so, uh, it's a weird kind of alienating where you're surrounded Mm. by people, but also alone and everyone Mm. is like carrying their energy from the day and you're just trying to get to wherever the fuck and you're totally out of control of the transit. So like whatever is going on with like the trains that day or like, with the just the whole traffic of it, you're totally out of control of that. And so it is very stressful as well. But I do think that being in, I mean, in Los Angeles traffic in particular is like really, because traffic is getting bad everywhere around, I like know. in all cities. It's yeah. so bad in Austin and in Chicago. Like it's so, in Seattle, it is nightmarish. And it's San Francisco? What the fuck? But Los Angeles, <laughs> I don't know what it is. Like, it's I don't freaky. know what it is. <laughs> it freaks me out. I'm like, yo, what are we going to do? Like, as a society, I was in, um, I was in like Detroit like a few weeks ago and there was so much traffic. I was like, yo, Detroit has traffic. Like, what are yeah, we right. doing? Like, <laughs> right. I don't know what the fucking plan is, you know, to like fix this. <laughs> I love that it happened. Like, you're like, wait, Detroit I was like, what? what? I thought they were like fucking with me. They're like, yeah, there's going to be some traffic. I'm like, I'm from LA. You don't know traffic. And there was like traffic. 
<laughs> I feel you. I feel uh, you totally. <laughs> How do you do you do you try and protect your energy on the subway at all? Like, do you do anything to do that? I mean, honestly, like, so I don't live in New York. I think that's like, a, did y'all think that I lived in New York? Ooh, this yeah. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I am so happy about that because then that means people don't know where the fuck I live. Fuck I'm yeah. weirded out by, um, we, did we already start? Oh, yeah. Yeah, we, yeah, yeah, we're, yeah we're recording just, so, we, awesome. we kind of freestyle, you know? Freestyle. Yeah, I love that. I love that. <laughs> so, um, no, I... I'm so freaked out by the amount of access that people have to my life that like, like I've received so many letters from people where I'm like, how did you get my address? This is not appropriate. Wait, tell us more. Wait, shut up. Tell us everything. Oh my God. So many prison letters. Like y'all don't even know. No, 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 no. No, I also now get prison emails. That's a thing. Wait, they have access to computers in prison? I'm so confused. How do they, so they find you on Instagram? I I don't know how these things happen. Some people say like they read an article about me that was like in the newspaper that I guess they had. I, I mean, honestly, I'm glad that they have access to to so many yeah. resources because they're like I've heard some of the most amazing stories that way. <laughs> like people are really, I mean, like regardless of whether or not you did something that was worthy of going to prison, like you're still a human being who's trying to make Mm -hmm. it through life. And that's generally the situation when you need yoga the most because people who are Mm. in prison, they're having their dignity and their humanity ripped away from them. Like our Mm -hmm. society is so disrespectful of returning citizens. And that's Mm -hmm. really what they are is that they're just trying to come back to society. So they'd be like, yeah, I read this article about you. And then like, I've always wanted to get into yoga or I've started practicing mindfulness, spirituality or whatever. And I'm like, that's sick. My only issue is why do people have my address? Like, this is- <laughs> oh <my God>. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, so anyway, I um, I don't live in New York. I do. Um, I could live in New York. Like, I have to go there all the time because I don't want to. Um, don't want to live there because the energy in New York is fucked. It is so Dude, like really, everybody is yeah. just the the energy of that city is power. Gaining power, mm. having as much of it as possible. And so everybody is on their grind. And like, it is very inspiring in terms of entrepreneurship. And especially like, it means that you have to creatively, like, always be thinking a step ahead, even just to like get to and from, like, in terms of being on the subway or like, you know, like you have to always be creative. But it also means that you're never in the present moment. Mm-hmm. And I feel like the only way that I can be present is if I am surrounded by my community and if it's moving at a dramatically slower pace and I have to be able to prioritize all manners of spirituality. And so that's mm-hmm. why I still live in North Carolina. <laughs> like it's, oh, wow. it's something cool. that, um, I mean, I think it's helpful that I live in a city that is very close to an international airport. And mm-hmm. also that like, I mean, there's a lot of different things that make it particularly ideal. I mean, North Car- this. So I live in Durham, North Carolina, which is definitely like becoming much. It's becoming really popular with New Yorkers actually because they're mm. like, it's so much less expensive to live there, and it's like hour and a half flight from um, from New York. So they're like moving down here and they're just like oh my god everything is so cheap it's so great and i'm like it was cheap but now yeah. y'all came down here and you're Literally. like you 
paying three million dollars for like a closet, and I come down here raising the rents. Like what the fuck? But um, anyway, well, y'all don't know. You're like, I love my community, but like, please go back. Also, go back. <laughs> what is your community like there? Like, what are like, what is you know, like the people that you have curated around you? Like, what is your community like in North Carolina? So Durham, in particular, is like a city built on creative entrepreneurship. Like everybody who lives here is like doing their own thing. And that has to do with like the presence of um, the different universities. So Duke University is in Durham. Hill is like right around the corner. And that plus a bunch of other schools, but that plus um, the, there's a big tech industry here. There's a lot of space for um, like freelance work. And so everyone is literally like starting their own thing. And, and the community really supports that in every single way. And the people that I spend time with are people who, mostly people that I've worked with here. Cause like, again, it's a, it's a very small town that is um, getting bigger rapidly, but it's a pretty small town. And so I mean, everyone doesn't know each other, but you run in the same circles with people. And mm. I've been really blessed to be surrounded by like very like creative people who also have to get their bills paid. And so before I taught full time, I worked in a restaurant. And um, mm. I, so a lot of my friends are like people that I worked in service with or like people that I went to school with who relocated to this area. And it's like a very, um, like everybody, I'm not really friends with that many straight people. We're <laughs> just thinking like everybody is queer. Um, I, love that. I don't know. I mean, I think that like, we're just all very, very much trying to understand who we are and yep. trying to reflect that into the world mm. and doing it in different ways that can be meshed together. But mostly we're just like, trying to build something really um, bright and positive. And I think that that's not really the impression that people have of the South in general. And mm. that's part of why I continue to live here because I think that uh, everyone's like, they'll be like, yeah, if you're a liberal thinker, like if you are a, um, you know, if you like to have fun, you need to live in, in a big city. Like you need to live in LA or New York mm. or whatever. But it's like, there's fun shit to do everywhere. Like literally mm. everywhere. Yeah. Like in the most random places. It's really fun. So you can't worry about that. Ultimately, it's like, where can you have an impact and where do you have mm. community? And I think that as a liberal thinker, as someone, I like, I would consider myself to be very progressive. I think it's really important to like stay in areas where like your action counts, like your activism counts. It, it's not like you're in a choir of people singing the same song, like singing the song of alleged tolerance and, you know, like uh, trying to be whatever. It's easy to, it's easy to do what's right when you're surrounded by everybody else who's doing things right. But like when you really have to, have to push against something, it's harder, but it makes more of an impact. And I feel like being able to um, to be in a community like this, I feel really blessed to be in a community like this. That's so crazy because I literally was thinking that 
two days ago, I was like, I love California so much. I never want to leave. But I was thinking, I was like, if I think, I was like, I love that everyone thinks the same way I do. And then I caught myself thinking that and I'm like, huh, if I'm thinking the same way everyone else is, is my voice best used in a place exactly like you said, where everyone's thinking and doing the same as I am doing or in a place where people are doing something completely different or they need my sort of opinion the most. (laughs) Although that's like a very egotistical it's like kind of egotistical for me to think that, you know, like they need my different progressive opinion, but it's true, yeah, you know, like... Yeah, it is though. It's like, I mean, I don't know. It's... Or like a voice, of, just like a voice of compassion and being open and kind of like learning from one another. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Showing people that there is like thought outside of like what they may be thinking. So I fucking feel that. Yeah. I mean, I feel like there's... Uh... <laughs> the line between ego to ego being egotistical and being um like wanting to help i guess yeah it's yeah. so it's fucking razor thin like, yeah especially like nowadays you know what i mean like with like what's going on like it's real hard no and i mean the what my one thing about why california is dope is that i really would not be upset if the whole secession thing happened so like <laughs> i know it'll be a civil war fuck like that that's annoying but the thing is I, i'm really concerned about a handmaid's tale type situation happening like to the country and mm. brand new safe <laughs> spots and if not like i'm gonna have to go abroad have y'all thought about that <laughs> oh like, yeah this is maybe going down the road <laughs> Oh no! 100%. I know. Literally, I was just thinking. I'm like, damn. I'm like, we need to like take this back to like who you are and like your journey. <laughs> literally, like right when we started, like kind of like talking a little bit political. I was like, we gotta pull this back. Who are you? What are you about? <laughs> okay, so tell us a little bit about like who you are and like a little bit about your journey. Yeah. So I am a yoga teacher and a writer. I recently had a book come out called Everybody Yoga. Um, I am, I mean, I call myself a body positivity advocate, um, not an activist. I think that activists, you know, they're, they are actively doing work. And mostly I advocate for this practice because it's something that has come up in my own life. I have always been the kind of person, I've been a, a self-hating person for the vast majority of my life. And um, I am you know, prone to depression and anxiety. And I started practicing yoga as a way to deal with those sensations. And it has offered me so much. It has really um, opened up my life and completely shifted and changed it. And at this point, I'm just trying to live my yoga practice. And if that inspires other people to do the same, then that's dope. But I'm just living my practice. Who introduced you to yoga? Or how did you find it? So (laughs) the very first time that I ever practiced, I was 16 and my aunt was really into Bikram yoga at the time. Have y'all ever practiced Bikram? Yeah, not a fan. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It it was a very intense experience for me, a very Mm. intensely negative experience. Mm. And I was like, I'm done with this. I'm good. I never need to try that again. Like, I hate it hot yoga is the worst. And I was in uh, graduate school and one of my friends, I was going through it. I talk about these things 
in my book, Everybody Yoga, but I actually don't go into that much detail about like what was happening at my during my life right when I started practicing again. And it's because like literally the shit that was happening to me has happened to everyone. Like I was going through a breakup. My high school sweetheart and I have been together for a bajillion, what felt like a bajillion years. You know, like how time seems so long back then. But anyway, yes. I was going through it with that. And then like, I was in graduate school, but I was really unhappy in my program. And I was really just depressed and anxious about my life in general. And one of my classmates was like, oh my God, have you tried from yoga? You're going to love it. It's going to change your life. And I was like, I'm not trying that. I did it once before. I know it's not for me. And she just wore me down because they had a Groupon pass. And I was like, the <laughs> worst thing could happen. Like, go once, it's no big deal. And go once, it's 10 for bucks. The Groupon. Yeah, yeah. I was like, I mean, whatever. So I went and I loved it. It was still hard as fuck, hot as fuck. Everything about it was just dreadful. But it was amazing to be able to like push myself against the wall and just see what happens on the other mm. side it bloomed into this really deep love affair, but it was definitely not love at first sight. I think that's all... I feel like that with yoga people are like, I don't like it. Like, uh, you know, you have to like, it's boring or whatever. I'm like, oh, you haven't done it enough. It's hard though to get past that first stage of feeling like, this is just really hard and I'm not good at this and I shouldn't be doing it because I'm not good at this. Because... We so often in life only do shit that we think we're going to be good at. Like we will not do things specifically because we think we're not going to be good at them. But what if you just did something not because you're going to be good at it or you're already good at it, but just because you just want to do it. Like you're just Mm -hmm. like, I'm just going to try this. It doesn't matter. And that was the point that I had to come to with practicing because there were, I mean, the very first poses in that sequence seemed impossible to me. Like I'm like, two poses into the Bikram sequence. And I was like, I don't know, how, like, why am I even here? This class is 90 minutes long. It's hot as hell in here. And I have to stay here this whole time. And I would just be sitting there like mad at myself for coming, mad that like, um, that it was so hard, everything. And then eventually I was like, so like, is this how you're going to spend the entire 90 minutes? Just like talking shit and mad that the room is hot and like mad that you can't do it right now? Because... You could also just try. Like instead of talking about it, you could just try. And just trying was something that I really was not doing in my day-to-day life. Like in a lot of ways, I was just slip, like sleepwalking through life. Wake up, go to class, go to work, have the same conversations over and over again, totally not engaged in anything. Go to sleep, wake up, do the same thing over again. And when I started to assess like am I showing up in life the way that I'm showing up on this yoga mat? Then it's like, well, if I try on the yoga mat, where else can I try? And that kind of shift of the mind was big because like, like, yeah, you have, I guess like this answer of like, like, yeah, you haven't done it enough, but also it's like, why are you doing it? And what, um, and if you change your mind about the reason that you show up, how can that change other things as well? I love that. So you so you went to the class, you were like, I love this. And then what happened from there? Like what made you want to be a teacher? And then now you have a book and you have like a massive social media following. So continuous on this journey. So I <laughs> I'm just thinking about it. Um so I had 
decided to leave graduate school because it was making me really miserable. And I moved to Durham where I live now. And um, when I moved to Durham, I didn't have any money. I didn't have a job. There was no plan. And so I stopped practicing yoga for a couple of months. And during that time, a bunch of sad shit happened. And I talk about it more in the book, but I guess most notably my aunt passed away. And it was just really difficult for me to deal with. And I found myself slipping back into that place of depression. I was like, what was making me feel good before? Yoga? Okay, yeah, I'm just going to give this yoga thing a try again. And I just started practicing at home. And I would practice the poses from the Bikram sequence that I knew. And I started to learn more about, um, about asana and about sequencing and about different lineages. And it just grew into this like big, just I mean, a love. Like I, I have loved yoga more than I've ever loved anything else in my entire life. Mm-hmm. Like any other, aside from like my biological family, it it grew into this great love, and I started taking photos of my practice and putting them on social media because at the time, this is back when Instagram first came out. Like back, okay, <laughs> now Instagram and. Facebook and all sort of shit. It's heavily monetized. Everything is editorial. The content is very um, specific. Like everything is attached to a larger um, thing. But when Instagram first came out, it was like just a bunch of college students, honestly. And like um, there were yoga people on there, but it was only very serious practitioners and teachers. And they're just giving one another feedback. And I wanted to feel like I was a part of a bigger community. And as time went on, I realized that um, the reason people were looking at my stuff was not necessarily because they were other yoga practitioners who were like going to give me feedback about my practice, but because it was people being like, I didn't know fat people could do yoga. Like, how do, how, how do fat people do? Wow. What, how does that happen? And I'm just like, why is everybody so fucking basic? Like, why do you think that fat <laughs> people can't do yoga? I'm not Fuck. even that black person to put pictures of themselves practicing yoga on the internet. Like what? So I realized that like, there's a major issue in our society with people just like having really low standards and opinions of anyone who is not a white cisgender, able-bodied heterosexual person. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like that that's the only group of people that's allowed to do shit. And that, if me living my yoga practice where other people can see it, can see aspects of it, then maybe that can, like, then there is a reason to continue posting. And I do think that if I hadn't had that kind of realization, I probably wouldn't still be posting on social media just because I don't care about it that much, honestly. Mm. But I feel like even having um, had this online following and things were growing and changing, I still had no aspirations of becoming a professional teacher. Like I would teach my friends, but I was not like trying to become a teacher. And I had so many people asking me to come teach them from all over the world. And I would just be like recommending other teachers, recommending online things, other studios. And because I didn't understand why I needed to be a yoga teacher. There are literally thousands of yoga teachers. So I was like, why the fuck do I need to be a teacher? That's not a thing. And like, I have other, had other career goals. So I was just like, I don't, I'm not trying to do this. But then it just became so overwhelming that I was like, 
okay, yeah. But I, then I couldn't afford to, to, to go to training. This is the other thing. Like, um, quick tip, don't leave graduate school when you've taken out loans to do so. And like, I'm technically on a leave of absence from grad school, but like, I'm also paying for a degree that I have finished. So like, Damn, there's a plus like bills from undergrad and like, then, and I also, lesser known just in fact, I went to culinary school. So like, I have bills from that. And I was just like, how the fuck can I go to a yoga teacher training? And, um, and I had two full-time jobs as well. And my dad was like, not in favor of any of this, right? Mm. And um, he was so pissed when I left grad school. He, his exact words were, this is the mistake of your life. Like mm. he was just, and he also does not respect the internet. And so even though I'd had like, you know, a lot of things were happening for me because mm-hmm. of social media, he was just like not respectful of it at all. But one time I was talking to him and this was after I'd had a fair amount of press notoriety. And I guess my mom had told him about it. And he was like, so what's up with this yoga thing? And I was like, I don't want to give myself a space. I was just like, oh yeah, you know, this thing happened, blah, blah. And my dad's like, so what are you going to do with that? Like, are you going to become a teacher or what's happening? And I was like, well, I can't really afford to go, but you know. And then he was like, well, how much money does it cost? And I was like, $3,000. And he was like, what if we could find a way to get you money? Like, would you go to training now? Would you go to training then? And I was like, if this dude who has been against it from the beginning, like if he's saying that I should go, Mm. that means that I should go. I really think of myself very much in terms of pre-yoga teacher training and post-yoga teacher training. Because before Mm. I went to YTT, I I really did not understand the reason to practice yoga and the reason to teach it. Um, I really saw my practice as something that like a thing that I do. It's primarily physical. Yeah, there are other benefits, but like this is a physical thing that I do with my body. It was just like a very kind of immature way of seeing it. And during my training, I realized that the reason there have to be so many yoga teachers and truly the reason why all of us should be yoga teachers is because every single person has a journey and a story that is filled with fortresses and wrong turns and cracks and burns and horrible things and beautiful things. And our journey to understand ourselves in spite of and because of all of those factors is so tremendous. And that experience is worth expressing in a way where other people can experience it as well. Not so that they can feel a specific way about your practice, but so that they can start to understand a practice for themselves. Because if we are all living this practice, if we're all looking within ourselves for the answers to life's questions, and if we're all strengthening from the inside out, yoga can save the world, ultimately. <laughs> like this is, I mean, And in order to have that kind of connection, you have to live the practice at all times. And so ever since then, that has been my feeling is that like, you know, people ask me to come teach. Okay, I'll come teach. And I literally have, like when I first came out of training, I asked, like, where do y'all want me to go teach? And the list is literally, like, every single place on the planet. And so I was just like, okay, I'm just going to try to work my way down this list. And then once I reach the end of the list, then I'll see if I still need to teach. And if I don't need to teach, then I'll move on and I'll do something else. But, like, that's literally it is that I'm just 
trying to reach the people who have asked me to teach them. And it's um, maybe impossible for me to go everywhere. And so it's important to have different ways that people can learn from me. So that's why I have online classes. That's why I wrote a book so that people can... And I also wrote the book because (laughs) I have been asked endless times how I started practicing yoga and how a beginner, a non-yoga practitioner can start practicing. I, I get this question literally all the fucking time and I never have time to answer it ever. And I was like, I don't have time to answer this question. I have to write a book. Like the answer is so long. And so I was like, check my book, bitch. <laughs> yeah, because how- well, no, it's just kind of like, um, if people send me the question, then I can just be like, you know what? You should go to Amazon.com and take <laughs> yoga and that is your answer. But yeah, so that that's how all that happens. I hope that answers your question. It yeah. does. How, do, how has yoga changed your relationship with your body? I mean, obviously yoga has made me stronger and more sure of my steps and more um, willing and able to find balance and made me just a lot more forgiving of myself. Mm. But I do think that it's still possible to have a horrible relationship with your body and practice yoga regularly. I see it all the time on Instagram. <laughs> like people who like they are so obsessed with how their bodies look and shit. Like some of these pictures that are so like, you know, they're just so perfect. I don't know, like, the the amount of time that these people are putting into these pictures. Like, they want to... And especially when you, like, go out of your way to, like, make your body, like, especially glossy and, like, just, like, like, you're hitting it just right. You know, it's like, that takes a level of masochism. And I know this because I have done this. Like, you Mm -hmm. know, it takes, like, a level of obsession that is not good. So like, I do think that there are ways that this practice can, um, whenever you are solely focused on the poses and on the physical practice of it, it's very easy to not be able to establish a good relationship um, with your physical body. But ultimately, like, I do think that yoga speaks to, it speaks to truths within the self that really transcend uh, the conversation about having a better relationship with your body. But I mean, there's no denying that yoga has had a positive impact on the way that I see myself. But I do think that what has had the bigger impact on my relationship with myself is actually acknowledging the moments of self-hatred when they come. This comes in a lot of different forms. One of the things that I talk about in the book is this concept of how do I look versus how do I feel? Like that in a given day, we will ask complete strangers, how do I look? Before we'll ask ourselves, like, how do I feel? And that the answer to how do I feel much is a much better informant of like what's actually going on with us. So there's that aspect of it. And then also... I don't know about y'all, but I say horrible things to myself about myself all the time. Like, it's so easy to be like, oh my God, my arms. Oh my God, my nose. Oh my God, my chin. Oh, my stomach. You know, just like you go on and on and on a million times a day. And when those moments happen, actually saying to myself, why are you saying that about yourself? Do you really think that your chin is too fat? No, no, you don't. Okay, then why are you saying it? Like, why are you being your own worst enemy? And that this shit can happen literally anywhere. Like, let's say that I 
am really hungry. Like maybe I've been practicing yoga for hours or whatever. And I want to go to Whole Foods and get all the food that's on the hot bar. And so I go in there, I'm loading up my plate. And then I'm thinking like, fuck, I shouldn't have gotten so this much food. I should have more salad. That person over there is looking at me. They think that I should have more salad. Oh, I should do. It's literally stopping in the middle of Whole Foods and being like, do you want this food? Because if you don't want it, you can put it back. But like, mm-hmm. you do you want this? If you want to eat it, you should eat it. Why do you think you don't deserve to eat it? Eat it. And actually having those conversations. And most of us are too afraid to have those conversations. That is scary. It's much easier to think like, yeah, maybe if I practice yoga for hours, then I'll feel better about myself. That's not, that's not going to help that. What's gonna, and, or people will be like, I'm going to say this mantra to make me feel better about myself. Okay, mantras are fun, but like, you have to really take the moment that it's happening and, and uh, really look at it. And establishing that as a practice for myself over the last few years has been very, very helpful. I don't think that I have figured out the, the big question of like how to always feel good about yourself. But I do think that um, these steps have been very, very helpful. I love that. And where did you... Okay. So on social media, you know, and Lindsay and I now sort of being in the public, we get a lot of feedback and we get a lot of people that reach out um, saying X, Y, and Z, positive or negative. What do you, like, how do you respond to feedback, criticism, jail letters? Like, what do you like do, do about all that information? It's so unfortunate because I honestly just don't have time to respond to any feedback, like positive or negative. So in general... I just don't respond to anything. Like, because then once you respond to one thing, then you got to respond to everything. And like, this is going for positive and negative. Like, I feel like when I post anything, anyone who has an opinion has the right to respond. Like, I don't care what you say. Like, it is what it is. Um, When it is negative feedback, I feel like, Honestly, I don't understand how people have the time to troll. I'm like, do you not have anything else to do? Because I don't even have time to read the comment. And like, sometimes if somebody says something that's like kind of funny, I might laugh because it's like, it's kind of funny. But honestly, I was just like, I don't even think about you. Like, I don't know you. You don't have any effect on my life at all. So like the fact that you're so incensed about some shit that I said on the internet really says a lot about your priorities and your happiness and life. And like, I don't know, maybe you should practice yoga. Like that would help. But honestly, like, I just don't feel like trolling is a worthwhile life activity. It's, it's confusing to me. And it's helpful that like, I was, I was bullied as a kid, especially in middle school. And so I really got to understand at a young age that the reason people suck is because they hate themselves. Mm-hmm. And so when I see people like giving negative feedback, it's like, you're just mad about something and you decided that you were going to like put that on me. And the beautiful thing is I don't need to look at what you said. So like, I'm good, you know, whatever. Do you have someone that helps you with your social media account? Like, do you have, or is it just you? No, it's just me. Yeah, incredible. It is quite it is the most um that's gonna have to not be that way pretty soon actually but yeah no i do everything i am my assistant i am my manager damn i am also me wow you're your own manager i mean i have i have a literary agent and i have a brand agent who negotiate on my behalf and i have a publicist and i love that 
What has been moments during like these past few years where your following has really exploded that you've gotten an opportunity, you know, from either a brand or whatever it is? Have you just like taken a step back and been like, oh my God? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Besides this conversation, you know? Yeah, besides, well, besides almost this 30 podcast podcasts, recording. This, 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 this experience. <laughs> obviously, number one. And then like, Bar number two, like way. <laughs> um, no, I'm trying to remember now. Like I, I'm so bogged down in the minutia oh, of like bad. my day to day life that I don't even. I have a lot of difficulty really taking the positives when they come because I'm just so. It's actually something that I was like, I want to do better about this. Like mm. appreciating my moments of success. But um, let's see. I'm just going to pick a random one because I can't think of one thing that I was just like, damn, I am feeling myself on this day. Well, no, I can, but like, I just don't want to say those. A hundred percent. So a lot of brand related things have been dope, including some things that are happening right now that I can't talk about. But I, um, I mean, I was really happy the day that my book came out. That was a really big day for me. I was like, I have always wanted to write a book and I literally put on a vision board like uh, mapping out shit three years ago that I wanted to write my first book by the time I was 30 and that actually happened (laughs) I was like it happened like two months before I turned 30 so I was just like I'm very happy about that and then also when I was these are just things that happened this year but like when I was named as one of fast companies 100 most creative people of 2017 like, well, the thing is, like, I have people all the time that are like, "So, how do you make money? Yeah. Like, how do you? Like, what work do people you ask do? us? Or that they're like, too. oh, so you're, yeah, exactly. Like, people are just like they don't understand entrepreneurship yeah, at all. <laughs> so I'm just like always explaining my job to people, and to have that mm. actually acknowledged by fast company was dope. Fuck yeah. I'm wow. so proud of you. Yeah. It's funny. Sometimes when people ask me that, I'm like really kind and I'm like, okay, well, and then I'm like, ah, and I like walk them through it. And then sometimes I'm like, ah, ugh. you know, I'm like, just like fucking annoyed about it. Like, honestly, it literally depends on my mood in the day mm-hmm. of like, of like all that. You know, like, so, you know, like, what is that? Like, mm, you know, I'm like, oh, do you want to know how I make money? Like, yeah, that's. No, exactly. Like, and because you don't ask people that. Like, I would yeah. never ask somebody, like, how does your career work? Literally. Like, how do you, somebody start, like, so that I'm just always like, taken aback, like, wow, are we doing mm-hmm. that now? Just asking people questions yeah, like that. Yeah, I'm like, and I should be like, yeah, well, like, I make, you know, like, 14 grand per Instagram post. So, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. just like blow it the fuck yeah, up and make them be like weirded out. Um, tell us about your book. You mentioned it, but we'd love to talk about your book. Oh. Oh, should I just start talking? Yeah, about yeah, yeah, yeah. Talk about your book, <laughs> girl. Your manager should tell you that we need to talk about your book. <laughs> no, I was just like I was waiting for a question. Oh, but, oh like, yeah, yeah. Can you please talk so about your like, book? Oh, okay, well, um, yeah. So everybody yoga, let go of fear, get on the mat, love your body is basically like my love letter to everyone who has ever wanted to practice yoga, but felt like it wasn't going to be for them. And this, there's so many people who fit into this category. It's like they're every single person <laughs> has like some reason for why they think that they shouldn't be, um, 
they shouldn't be practicing. And I tell the story of how I started practicing yoga. I talk about um, different methods that people can utilize to start practicing. I go through the poses that I focused on when I first started practicing. And I give sequences that utilize all of those poses. And um, I mean, really though, the book is a memoir of why I started practicing yoga. And that I've as time's gone on, I realized that like that seems to really be what resonates for people, not just people who have never practiced yoga or people who are at the beginning of their practice, but people who have been practicing yoga for decades see their story in my story. I love that love letter. Yeah, it's beautiful. What would you say to people who feel like you felt like when you first started yoga, where you said like you felt like you were kind of backed up against a wall and like you just stuck with it long enough to feel what was on the other side? What would you say to people feeling that way? It doesn't have to be yoga, but you know, in that position. I mean, it's a lot easier to say this when you're not in the eye of the hurricane, but I know that the only way to break out is to just do it. Like you're afraid to go, you're you're worried that something bad's gonna happen. You had a traumatizing experience at like the fucking presidential fitness test in elementary school. I get it. I feel you. We get into these places where we just don't want to do things that are uncomfortable for us. Or, you know, maybe you feel as though there's there's an injury or there's a, a piece of your body that's just not going to make it work. But the thing is, this practice is meant for literally any human being that is able to breathe. Like if you can breathe in and out, even if you have to use a machine to help you do it, you can do this practice and you just adapt it for where you are at that moment. And if you go into an experience that is maybe more advanced than what you're trying to do, or maybe the mobility of the other people, including the teacher is different than you, then perhaps you have to just make it, you have to adapt it for where you are at that moment. And maybe adapting it for where you are at that moment is not being in that particular class or that particular style of yoga or that teacher or whatever. And if that's the case, you just keep going because there's a different style of practice for every single human being that walks this earth. And there is a, there is a form for you. Yeah, I love that. It's beautiful. What are you excited about in 2018? Oh, in 2018. What you got, girl? Oh my gosh. Oh, I thought you just meant in general. Yeah. I was thinking like, which shows are coming back in 2019? <laughs> um, no, I'm trying to think like, there's a lot of things happening next year. Um, I'm excited for my podcast to come Hell out. Yeah. Actually. Yes. Fuck yeah. It's basically like I answer listener questions about yoga, but the yoga of real life. And I'll have my friends come on. We'll talk about like the different aspects of our intersectional identity that don't get discussed. Mm. Like our relationships and what it means to be polyamorous, what is what's cheating, you know, things that like I feel like as a queer person, I never get to talk about. So I'm uh, as a queer person in America. So I'm excited to do that. I'm excited for that to come out. I'm working on the follow-up to everybody yoga. So I'm excited about that. And in terms of and then a bunch of things that I can't say, (laughs) but I do um I am also excited about hopefully turning 31 because 31 is like a real age. You know what I mean? I feel like when you are 30 and under, people got some shit to say about every single year. <laughs> like, they're like, oh, you're only 27, only uh-huh. 29. I thought it would end at 30. It's still happening now. So I'm hopeful that like 31 is 
It's the real deal. <laughs> well, yeah. you've accomplished so much. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's really so inspiring. Wait, what is what is the podca- podcast called and when is it coming out? We're so... I guess I should just go ahead and say... So we are just... Um, it's with Stitcher and they have lots of different... Oh, great. It's just there's a team now of people who have opinions about yeah, things. Yeah, girl, so be there's, careful. There's a uh-huh. Yeah. Um, but you do you. I, yeah. <laughs> I want to say what it's going to be called, but just in the in the short term, you can just call it the Justin right. Show. It is it's not called, called Java with Justin and friends. <laughs> oh <my God>. <laughs> <laughs> uh, why is that only just coming out now? <laughs> Sorry, girl. I've been sitting on that this whole podcast. <laughs> I thought so. Um, Okay, where can people connect with you? Where could they learn more? Where could they get your book? Tell us everything. You can find everything about me, literally everything at (laughs) justinstanley.com. Even, oh my God, probably somehow it's connected that way. Um, No, don't. (laughs) Okay, so justinstanley.com. You can find me on social media, at my name is Jessamine. On Twitter, I am on Twitter specifically, I'm Jessamine Jazz. Awesome. And where can they find your your book on the website? Like it'd be easiest you can find on the your book website. on my website, okay, cool. but you can or you can find like the links to get it. Cool. But you can you can find it anywhere the books are sold. Oh, hell yeah. Can you believe that you live a life where you're telling people that your book is available anywhere books are sold? Honestly, I'm just glad that it's anywhere the books are hell sold. Yeah. I don't even think I'm just like. That's dope. When I pictured doing a book, I thought I'd be like photocopying shit in my house. Oh, <laughs> this my is, you know, it was definitely stuff. It's the real deal. We're fucking pumped for you. Yeah. I'm so proud of you. That's awesome. Well, yeah. thank you so much. Thank you for making the time. We really were so excited to share your story with our listeners. It's um, an important one mm-hmm. to be told. Thank- oh, thank you so much. You rock, dude. Me. Next time you're in LA, hit us up because yes. I'd love to hang out. Please. Yeah, I'm actually there like weekend after. Oh, show. really? Oh, no cool. joke. Holler. Literally, text yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll find you. Yeah, what part of, yeah, like, what part of LA are We're y'all? west side, what? like Santa Monica, Venice, oh, but okay. we could meet yeah, you anywhere. We'll go wherever. I was just in Santa Monica. Please. Like, we were, it's like you didn't even want to hang out. Yes, anyway. sister. <laughs> Be safe out here, y'all. <laughs> Have a good you night. Too, Have a good day. Bye, babe. Bye. <laughs> Hey, Almost 30 Nation. Thanks so much for tuning in. We hope you loved this episode with Jessamine Stanley. Please join our secret Facebook group. Let's start chatting about this episode. There's so much to unwrap here and we want to hear from you. Uh, And if you haven't already, check out our Patreon page, patreon.com slash almost 30. You can donate a few bucks a month to get extra episodes, to get um, bonus content from Krista and I, as well as our Almost 30 dad hat and other rad rewards. So check it out, patreon.com slash almost 30. Thanks so much much to our producer, Chloe Money. Thank you to podcastmasters.net for editing our episodes. Thank you to our listeners who are just always so inspiring and making this show what it is on a weekly basis. So thank you guys so much. Please don't hesitate to write into us, DM us. We always read and we always respond. So we want to hear more from you. Who do you want to have on? What is important to you to talk about? Uh, we love you guys. We hope you are having a wonderful start to your holiday season and we are with you every step of the way. Love you. Thank you.